Welcome back to It's Handled the Podcast, a practical guide for navigating this thing called life. I'm your host and multi-potentialite Aisha Joseph, and this week we're handling debt and finances. Um, and we're going to do that with a review of one of my favorite financial self-help books titled This Is Why You're Broke, which is essentially a guide for achieving financial freedom in a way that many people aren't willing to implement because honestly, it requires you to play the long game and delay gratification. And so I want to highlight that financial freedom is living like no one else for a short period of time while making sacrifices so that you can spend the majority of your life also living like no one else by having financial freedom. And so initially I planned to cover the entire book in one episode, but that's actually not possible for a couple of reasons. Um, For one, it's been about five years since I've fully read the book. I do go back to reference it from time to time, but I want to ensure that I'm not missing any key points and give myself time to like process it again. And so I am going to reread it. Um, And second, I'm planning to interview one of my friends that is like very financially literate. And I think that she's someone who could shed more light and knowledge on the topic. Um, And so with that, I will be incorporating more episodes that have featured guests who I believe are like experts on the topics that we'll be handling. So look forward to that. Um, But this is really valuable information. So I want to like take this episode to dive into the the first two chapters of the book. And so the premise of the book is that if you can make the choice, and I like to use the word choice instead of sacrifice all the time, because I feel like sacrifice has a negative connotation, but ultimately our lives are based around the choices that we make. So if you can make the choice to prioritize paying off debt and saving for a period of time, then it'll provide you with the opportunity to live a life of financial freedom. And so I want to be transparent and say that I'm not a finance um, expert. I'm not even like totally out of debt myself. Um, But we are almost out of consumer debt. And that includes credit cards, car loans, any type of debt that you have with a retailer, because those are also credit cards. And then student loans and mortgages are not considered to be consumer debt. Um, So as it stands now, we have one more credit card payment that we need to make. And then our car loans will be the only consumer debt that we have. And we do have a plan to be down to one car loan by next year, which would, of course, eliminate one of our car payments. And hopefully within the next couple years, we will be 100% free of consumer debt. And so I say that just to say that, like, this is a journey that I'm still on. And I want to share this information because I've had it for about five years. And we've always been mindful of it and implemented it, but would always get off course. And so now that we're out, almost out of consumer debt, we're recommitting to being fully vested in the process. And I would love to just like share this journey and go on it with you all. Um, because I really do think that like financial freedom leads to inner peace and joy. And so when thinking about how financial freedom like leads to other positive aspects in your life, my goal is to get to a point where I work because I want to. Um, not because I have to. And so this is called getting your effort money. And that's having enough money to walk away from any situation or circumstance at any time. And I feel like it's the worst feeling in the world to be like forced to go to a job every day that like you hate or that you just don't care for because ultimately like that's what you need to do to survive. 
And so if you have enough money in the bank, then you're like not tied, like I said, to any job or circumstance, because you have the freedom to be able to maintain your lifestyle with what you have saved and what you have in investments. And that's not to say that like you won't ever need to make money again or want to make money. But if you want to take, let's say like a year long sabbatical and do like an eat, pray, love journey, that won't be possible if you don't have enough money to maintain your bills and your, you know, your expenses for that year without an additional income. And so the average person should have like two to three months worth of expenses in the bank at any given time so that if for some reason you lose all your income, you're able to maintain your lifestyle for a couple of months, you know, to give you time to like shake back and figure things out as opposed to becoming desolate. And so like my family and I, we've been very fortunate um, to like not have been negatively impacted by COVID-19, but it has um, put some things into perspective for us and reminded us that like financial freedom is the goal because um, unfortunately, like that's not the case. And like many people have been, you know, negatively impacted um, by not being able to have their normal income. And so I also wanted to flag that, like, I'm not 100% in agreement with every concept or opinion that's in the book. Um, But based on my experience, I think that it is a game changer for folks that just don't think it's possible for the average person to become financially free. And so everything in the book is not going to apply like 100% to your life. Um, It certainly doesn't apply to our lives exactly, but it did light a fire under us to be more intentional with like our budgeting and spending and saving. And so like you don't have to make an exorbitant amount of money to obtain financial freedom. Um, I think that's one of like the biggest myths around like wealth and money. It's really more so about like how you spend, save and stay away from debt And you also have to shift your thinking to understanding that like cash is king and you simply shouldn't like have things or buy things that you can't afford to buy in cash. And so, for example, like you're always going to get a better deal on a purchase if you can buy it in cash, like right then and there. Um, I don't know a business owner around that is going to turn down like a discounted cash deal over a fully priced finance deal. And so that $18,000 cord could be yours for, let's say, $14,000 cash, while your neighbor is going to be stuck paying that additional $4,000 to finance it. Um, And so another example of like how this won't be fully aligned to your life is that the book will tell you that credit cards are terrible and that um, if you have enough cash, you don't really need credit and, you know, that the points and the rewards are not worth it. And it's like, it is true that like, if you have cash, you don't really need credit. Um, But I think it's important to like maintain a strong credit score. Um, You know, my husband and I do have credit cards, but we've learned to not carry a balance on them. And we use them strategically and not often. And so if nothing else, like we always pay our bills on time and we maintain our credit scores. And so growing up, my parents always told me, like, even if you have to starve, pay your bills just to illustrate like the importance of being fiscally responsible and like being in good standing with your bills and your credit. Um, All right. So let's hop into this is why you're broke. So I read this book for the first time right after Aaron and I got engaged in 2015 and I decided to give it a try. Um, Of course, we were getting ready to like start our lives together as a married couple and just knowing like 
you know, the data around what causes a lot of marriages not to last. And so we know a lot of couples um, have issues around finances. It's one of like the top things that like, I guess, breaks up marriages or relationships. And so I wanted to make sure that was like one obstacle that was not going to like impede us from like moving forward and having like a happy and fulfilled marriage. And so when we got engaged, we were in some debt and we needed to be like more intentional with our saving and spending. And so as you can imagine by the title of the book, the author essentially breaks down why people are broke. And so being broke doesn't mean that you don't have any money, but if you have a negative net worth, and most of us do, you're technically broke. So if you have $20,000 in savings, but $50,000 in debt, you don't really have $20,000 because you owe it to a corporation. So you can't really... You can't really calculate that into a net worth. Like technically your net worth is like negative $30,000. So you actually don't have any money to your name outside of like what you owe to corporations. And so this book has like similar concepts and strategies of other self-help books like Dave Ramsey. But what I really like about this text specifically is that it's relevant to people of color. And I believe that it's practical. And so I say practical, not to be confused with easy, um, because it's not easy to obtain financial freedom, um, but it is, it's possible. And so it's not easy because it takes discipline. So for example, last night, I really wanted to go get some Shell Shack to go for dinner, but I settled for free birds because we're being intentional with decreasing the amount of money that we spend on eating out. And so just to give you like an overview of where we were with debt, like back in 2015, before we we really prioritized cracking down, um, we had some credit card debt, maybe like five or 6,000 and my ring wasn't paid off at the time. And of course we had car loans and student loans, but that wasn't so much what we were focusing on. We really wanted to get rid of like the credit card debt and like make sure that like the ring was paid off, which was like a few thousand dollars. Um, And so we were able to like achieve getting rid of all of our credit card debt and paying off the ring. And so at that point, we just had our car loans and student loans. And so the first chapter of the book really focuses on like changing your lifestyle and your mindset. And so as discussed in episode two, which is Ask, Believe, Receive, if you're not caught caught up on episodes one through four, I highly recommend going back and listening to those. Um, there's some really valuable information to soak up. But in episode two, Ask, Believe, Receive, I mentioned that nothing can be materialized in the physical world if it's not a thought first. And so you have to believe that you're capable of getting out of debt and achieving financial freedom as an initial step. And so the next step of achieving financial freedom is to stop accruing debt. That's right. It might seem simple enough, but it is impossible for you to generate financial freedom if you are contributing your income to paying off debt as opposed to using that money to save and invest. And so I'm not saying that you need to go out and cut up all your credit cards because we're not doing that, but you should cease accruing new debt if financial freedom is a goal that you have set for yourself and for your family. And so once you've stopped accruing new debt, you should make a list of all of your monthly expenses, write it down on paper so that you can see exactly where your money is going every month. Um, Because a lot of times 
we're not like we have an idea of like all the things that we spend money on but until you really like go through those banking statements and like pinpoint exactly what your money is going towards then you're not able to really like create a budget um that's going to aid you um in your journey towards achieving financial freedom okay great you have a list of all your monthly expenses and now you can implement the most crucial step cut back cut back cut back and decrease expenses as much as you can and so i was on facebook recently and i saw someone posted like oh like eating out less and like cutting back is like still not going to help me because i don't make enough money what i say to that is if that's the case for you then that means you're probably living beyond your means Um, so anywho, I'm going to talk more on that later, so I won't go too far into that. But, um, if there are bills or expenses that can be eliminated, do that immediately. So when we first began this journey back in 2015, we canceled our gym membership and we were like, okay, we'll just do like outdoor workouts or we'll use the gym in the apartments. Um, we let go of any streaming services that we didn't have. We cut off our cable Um, I got my hair and nails done much less, and we just cut costs wherever we could. Um, We started eating out less, and we stopped, like, buying things that we just didn't need, Um, which this is difficult because in our society, we've been taught and programmed to, like, measure success through material wealth and possessions, and something that's mentioned in the book that I really like is a quote that says, like, happiness is neither destination nor goal. And I like that because happiness and joy are like fleeting and fluid emotions um, that are tied to like whatever circumstances we're experiencing in our lives at that time. And so for you to really experience true joy and happiness, um, material things are not going to do that for you. But if you can get to a place where you have financial freedom and you can live your life however you want to and you're not worried about money, I'm pretty sure that that is going to contribute greatly to you having um, a more readily available sense of joy and happiness. Because a lot of, you know, issues I feel like that people face are related to the fact that they're in a situation where they have to like live a life that they feel like maybe they don't want to live because they don't have the means to live a different type of life. Um, So, in order to accomplish the step of cutting back and decreasing expenses, you have to let go of caring about what other people think about you. Like, you got to just let that go. You can't be worried about impressing people or keeping up with others because, like, that's just not going to be feasible on your journey of, like, eliminating debt and achieving financial freedom. And so... Um, I can tell you now that if I tried to keep up with other people, all the stuff we see on social media, I would be broken in debt. And guess what? A lot of people who you see like flossing, living the good life, they're going out to eat, they're going shopping, they're driving this, they're wearing that. Number one, they're probably doing it on credit and they're probably broker than you are. So please do not feel any certain type of way when you see people who are trying to like perceive themselves as having money because they have all these material things when really like they're actually probably just as broke as you are if not more broke so keep that in mind you have to cut back 
But also remember that making the sacrifice of cutting back is temporary. And so eventually, like, you will be able to get to the point where you're able to, you know, buy whatever you want in cash instead of taking out loans and getting into debt to do so. And so once you start cutting back, there are going to be people who judge you and say that you're cheap. And so with that, I want to explain the difference between being cheap and being frugal. And there are a couple of quotes from the book that I think illustrate this really well. And so the first one is, without frugality, none can be rich, and with it, very few would be poor. So that's basically saying that frugality is a practice and lifestyle that you have to implement if you want to amass wealth and get out of debt. And then the next one says, buying cheap is expensive. And so as I mentioned, frugality is a lifestyle, and it's essentially taking a stance against consumerism. And understanding that money is a tool that should be controlled and not be used to control you. And so, for example, frugal is buying a quality, well-made t-shirt from Everlane for $18. And if you get it on sale, you can even get it for maybe like $14. And that t-shirt is going to last you for years to come. Cheap is buying a $5 t-shirt that will have to be replaced And so you end up actually spending more money in the long run because you keep buying these cheap $5 t-shirts every time they fade or get a rip or even worse, you're just walking around with a faded ripped shirt because you don't even have the money to invest or, you know, buy a better quality piece of clothing. And so even if you have to save money and wait until quality items are on sale, do that. I know for me personally, every year when the Black Friday sale rolls around, I'm frustrated because everything that I want is on sale, but I can't afford to buy it because I've spent my money on other things throughout the year. So a goal that I have for myself this year, I'm going to save my spending money so that I can take advantage of all of those end of year and holiday sales to buy the things that are of quality and that I know are going to last me for a long time. And so I also practice minimalism as much as possible because for one, I hate clutter and I believe that like you should only own things that are useful and valuable. And that's really essential to like staying away from buying things that I don't need or really want. And so there will also be people that like don't understand why you would live below your means in an effort to set yourself up for financial freedom. And those are the very people that will never achieve it for themselves because they don't have the mindset. And so essentially, um, the book gives a guideline um, for you to not have your rent or your mortgage exceed 25% of your gross income so that you're able to comfortably afford all of your other monthly expenses. And so if you gross $2,500, there is no way you can afford to pay $1,000 in rent without going into debt from credit cards and borrowing money and other like poor money management habits. And so remember... Live within and preferably below your means while you're in debt. Well, actually, no, don't live within. You have to live below your means while you're in debt. And even after you get out of debt so that you can set yourself up for financial freedom. There are a lot of wealthy people in the world who you would never know they're wealthy because they have a modest home. They have a modest car. They live a modest life. But guess what? If they woke up today and decided they don't want to go to work ever again, they don't have to because they can afford to maintain their lifestyle without their income. So now let's talk about cars. 
In a perfect world, you should always buy your cars in cash. Now, I have a funny story. I've only done this once, and um, it was a 10-year-old Kia Rio that I paid $17.50 for. And that car actually ended up being stolen, uh, which was a blessing because my insurance company cut me a check for $5K. Now, the smart thing to do would have been to take that $5,000 in cash and buy a cash car. But what did I do? That's right. I put like a maybe a $1,500 or $2,000 down payment on a brand new Civic, which had a very affordable note of $200 a month. So I was still like living within my means. But that car led me into a cycle of always taking out car loans and having that type of debt. So I know for most people, it may seem far-fetched to buy cars in cash, but it is feasible. And I'll give you an example. So Aaron and I have a 2017 Honda Accord that is in perfect condition. And so our plan is to have it paid off by next year. And so once it's paid off, we're going to continue to save the money that we would be spending on a note so that the next time we need a car, we're able to just go and buy it in cash from the money that we've saved. And so it would be tempting to take that savings and spend it on other things, but that behavior is not going to contribute to our goal of financial freedom. So we're not eliminating having a car payment because we're still taking that money and putting it to the side for a future car, but we're eliminating the need to take out loans and pay a car note. And so the ultimate goal is to be able to have enough money and investments so that we can buy an affordable car in cash at any time. And so I say this to say, like, don't get sucked into buying a car that you can't afford because cars literally depreciate in value every day and they are not an investment. So be mindful of that. Um, And more importantly, like if your credit is shot and you have to pay like five or six hundred dollars a month for a car that's like less than 20 grand, you're better off saving that five or six hundred per month for as long as you can go without having a car and use that savings to buy a cash car. No, the cash car is not going to be nice, but if it gets you from point A to point B, then that's all you need. And that will allow you to save money for a nicer car down the road that you can buy in cash instead of being stuck um, in a terrible car loan. And so something else um, that is touched on in chapters one and two is budgeting and spending. And so you need a budget for everything from, you know, obviously your bills, groceries, entertainment, like you need a budget for everything. And so if your budget for entertainment is $250, then once your entertainment money is gone, then that's it. No more outings, no more doing anything that is considered entertainment because your budget for that is gone. Now, people might view you as being broke or cheap when they invite you out and you decline because you've already exceeded your entertainment budget for the month. But you have to stay vigilant on your journey to financial freedom. There are going to be people who think you are crazy when they see, you know, what you're doing on your journey to financial freedom. But you have to understand that like, this is not easy. And this is not something that everyone is going to implement. But once you do it, and you're successful, it's going to be worth all the sacrifices that you made and all the people who called you crazy and cheap and whatever. 
And so this is probably the hardest step of the process for me because I'm going to just be honest. I love Target. I really do. The bullpen is me and the bullpen are best friends, but I'm severing that friendship because the bullpen, it just has, it makes me spend money that I don't need to spend. I also love buying gifts for celebrations. Um, but that's oftentimes something that gets me into trouble and it makes me exceed my budget for the month. And so exceeding your budget is a non-negotiable. So set your budget, stick to it, and be very disciplined with yourself. And trust me, when you start to see your bank account grow or when you start to see your debt decrease, it's going to be such a great feeling. And seeing, you know, the decrease in debt and the growth in your savings account is going to outweigh any rush or like good feeling that you get from like overspending or trips to Target or whatever it may be. Um, and something else to note is that you should be checking your accounts daily and, and keeping track of your spending um, to make sure that you're staying on budget because we've all had those times where you check your account and you're like, oh, I know I got $300 in here. And you open up that Chase app and you really got $37.50 because you haven't been mindful of how you're spending money. So stay vigilant, check your accounts, stay on budget and stick to it. Um, So for my husband and I, we have like our primary checking account and that's what we use for like bills and groceries and other expenses. And then we have our personal checking accounts um, for ourselves. And so each month we get $150 each to go towards our personal spending. And so that includes hanging out with friends, buying clothes, shoes, and just anything else that like we personally want for ourselves. And so again, for me, it gets very tempting to like sneak my target trips into the household budget. And I'm guilty. I've done it. I've done it in the past, but that doesn't contribute to like my overall goal of financial freedom. And so that's just like not an option. And so take the time to budget out every penny so you know exactly where your money is going or else your money will tell you where it's going and I can guarantee you that it's not going to aid you in your journey to financial freedom. Um, So the last thing I want to touch on and it's like the most important, so save the best for last, is that you should save at least 10% of what you make. Excuse me recording live here, so I can't take any breaks. I'd keep pushing. Um, So there's a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And um, I really like this book because it highlights the importance of saving money. And something that it kind of says that it says over and over again is that you should pay yourself before you pay anyone else. And so you have to treat your savings account like any other bill. And so think about it this way. If you're going to Target And spending money that you don't need, it might be things you want, but it's ultimately like not things that you really need. You can view that as like paying. So if you're doing that and you're not saving money, just view it as though you're paying Target, but you're not paying yourself. And what sense does it make to pay other companies and corporations if you're not paying yourself? So treat your savings account like any other bill. And if you think you can't afford or if you literally cannot afford to save 10% of what you earn, then that means that you're living beyond your means and that you have to figure out a way to cut back. Um, And I think for a lot of people, like this is kind of the step of the the process that's most daunting is like figuring out like how to cut back and how to be able to save money. 
But if you can't afford to like pay for your one bedroom apartment, you might have to look into renting a room for a year. Like that's not an ideal situation, but I mean, that could decrease your living expenses by like at least 50%. And you know, that may not be something that you're interested in doing, but are you interested in being in debt for the rest of your life? Probably not. So you might have to consider some unconventional ways of living that are going to allow you to be able to save money and pay off debt. And so saving 10% should be a starting point with a goal of like saving much more than that. But at the bare minimum, you need to pay yourself at least 10% of your income every month. And that's going to help you to create like an emergency savings account that will continue to grow to the point where like you can cover at least two to three months of expenses and even more from there. So um, I think I'm going to just like wrap up here. I feel like I've covered a lot, but there's so much more good that this book has to offer. Um, So I'm really excited to come back with part two next week. Um, This is like barely scratching the surface of like what the book has to offer about financial freedom and just like more tips and tricks on like what you can do to like make that a reality for yourself. Um, But I did want to like just share kind of like the very beginning and the premise of like what the book has to offer. Um, So I will be, I will be back next week with part two. Um, I'm going to take this next week to like reread the book again and just really like hone in to like deliver the message in a clear and concise way. Um, So with that, this week, drink plenty, drink plenty of water, mind your business, save your money, don't make those trips to Target and focus on you know, what you ultimately want out of life, which is financial freedom. Um, so as always, be sure to go to IG and follow at It's Handled Podcast to make sure that you're up to date on all things It's Handled. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, be sure to leave a rating and that five-star review so that I can continue to, you know, provide this awesome content for you all. So thanks for listening and have a great week.